Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Earlier in the show, we talked about how the flood changed us as people, how it's changed our neighborhoods. Heidi Pearson, though, is the online journalist here at Global News. And there has been a great five-part series that you've got to check out. Just go to globalnews.ca slash Calgary. And there's different aspects that the online team has been looking at. Heidi, though, focusing on really how this force of nature has changed the very environment around us. Heidi, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, the flood in itself was pretty incredible, but now five years out, how has it changed the rivers and the environment in and around Calgary? Mm, that's a very good question. Yeah, we took a look at um, at exactly what happens when that much water kind of surges through a river so fast um, and so dramatically. And what, what we found um, is that in some places around uh, Calgary and around southern Alberta, the river actually permanently changed landscapes. If you take a look at places like um, Elbow Falls and the Elbow River, that completely rerouted itself and totally wiped out that day-use area out there in the Bragg Creek area. And then we also spoke with um, a river user here in the city named Simon Coward. He uh, he um, runs tours and lessons and that kind of thing on the rivers. And he said, you know, that Outside of the city, there are, you know, entire bridges came down. There are, were slalom gates that were used for kayaking and, and rafting, that kind of thing. They were all kind of torn down and just deposited in the river. And as he put it, they're just kind of part of the landscape now. So there's a lot of power to that uh, to that river during that flood, and it's really changed a lot. Wow, it must have impacted Simon's business if he was in the business of river rafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He said that for the first little while afterward, he had to change um, how he went about conducting his lessons, how they went about even just finding a place to get their boats and their supplies into the river because access points like Bowness Park here in the city, which was a big draw for them and a very easy spot for people to go and just kind of get used to the river and kind of get their, their river legs, if you will, was inaccessible. So he really had to, to change the way that he approached the river and, and they still do um, in some areas have to uh, have to change their, their approach to the water. I'm glad you mentioned Elbow River Falls because that was one area that people used to go out for a day trip and go and watch the falls and then that all changed so when we look at these big changes in the rivers from the elbow to the bow is it a case of well we just accept this or did the experts say is there anything we can do to change things back to the way they were Mm. i think in the case of elbow falls um that's definitely something that's going to have to just be accepted because there's not really anything you can do once nature takes takes hold and, and reroutes an, an entire river you can't really just put it back where it was and you know that waterfall the the big um i guess cave underneath has just filled right in with rocks and boulders and that kind of thing and there's not really anything that can be done to uh to put that back um but when you look at things from say a city perspective um here on the ground level when it comes to our neighborhoods and how we how we interact with the river here a lot of work has been done to kind of put things back to back to the way they were five years ago so when you think of uh, Harvey Passage for example right here in the city a lot of work has been done to restore that and that is scheduled to open this uh, this spring and Simon who I spoke with did say that once that is uh, reopened things will kind of be back to the way they were when it comes to a river user standpoint here um, in the city, but when it comes to just the way nature has changed and not man-made infrastructure pieces, 
you just kind of got to accept that this mm. is what nature's uh, decided to do. Uh, the big question, of course, is will we be prepared for another flood the size that we saw in 2013? Were you able to get a handle on that? Mm, I was, yeah. We uh, we also spoke with um, Frank Frigo from the city as well as a uh, disaster management expert named Joshua Bazanson who um, in the past five years has, has spent a lot of time looking at just the way that Calgary and Alberta as a whole respond to natural disasters. So when it, when you take this flood, which in 2013 was Canada's costliest disaster, and then that um, was kind of moved out of that position by the 2016 wildfires in the Fort McMurray region, our first responders have really gotten um, some really good experience on what to do and how to react when a big disaster like that happens. And both also said that, you know, these... Um, that the floods change the way that governments work together. So when you think of municipal, federal, and provincial governments, they all have to come together when something like this happens. So um, we've definitely come a long way when it comes to responding to a disaster. But then we also take a look at what has been done infrastructure-wise to um, make the city and and neighboring towns and communities and areas more resilient and um, mitigate risk when it comes to if another flood were to happen. And um, the city um, is confident that if another flood of that magnitude were to happen again this year, then we would be a lot more prepared and we would see a lot less damage. Let's hope we don't have to live through that again. Heidi, thanks so much for this. Thank you very much. Again, you can go to globalnews.ca slash Calgary, the five-part series on the flood from pictures during that time in 2013 and where we're going from here. Heidi Pearson is one of the online journalists here at Global News.